History 101. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me from a summit overlooking the towns of Silent Hill and Raccoon City is none other than my partner in crime, Mr. Jam Elias. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Fred. I'm not sure if this is a good place to be. I know, right? You're probably in the safest place, uh, but uh, who knows? And uh, also joining us, we have a very special guest, uh, especially for his Silent Hill cred. Uh, Mr. Voss5, how you doing, sir? I'm doing super. Fantastic. Well, uh, he joins us. I believe you started getting to know us through Easy Mode Unlocked. Is that correct? No, actually, I started here and then went to Easy Mode. Oh, how about that? Okay, cool. <laughs> well, there you go. First <laughs> podcast is yours. Fantastic. <laughs> well, welcome, sir. You are a great addition to the uh, EZMU forums. Thank mm-hmm. you. And also here, because uh, you... You keep our uh, a large portion of our facts straight and things like that, especially because it is clearly a weak, weak. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm weak with uh, not the development side of Silent Hill games, but definitely the story side. Um, I don't I think have that's a... you're, you're that's not you're not in the minority, there, Fred. I think most people <laughs> struggle. <clears throat> well, I almost think it's it's that, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Silent Hill strikes me, especially having played the first one quite a few times. I've probably played the first one three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silent Hill strikes me as a game where the more you play it, the more you kind of pick up. And you almost seem to be encouraged to play it multiple times, especially yeah. with the different endings. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, But I do think there are two camps. And I do think they conveniently launched. Like, Silent Hill starts to pick up speed. Uh, you know, just just so people know, like we're today we're covering Resident Evil Three and Silent Hill Three. The irony of that is, Resident Evil Three comes out bef- like just after Silent Hill One, mm-hmm. and then goes on, and then Resident Evil after, and then almost immediately you get Code Veronica, and then they go on this hiatus forever while they try to figure out what to do with Resident Evil Four. But Silent Hill perseveres; it continues <laughs> on at a pretty consistent pace uh, up till about now. So yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyway, um, so that's what we are talking about tonight, and we are going to dedicate plenty of time to it, but uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got a couple of things to deal with, so first off, let's do some quick intros, this won't take long, but uh, how's everything going this week? You guys doing good? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> cool. I was supposed to play video games in a hotel room. I brought my PS2 with me, and I was looking forward to playing Fatal Frame 1, and it didn't Pretty work sorry. out. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out at all. Uh, my daughter decided she wanted to sleep in our hotel bed, which is the first time she's ever done that. So uh, I had to go to bed every night. But the one thing I could get away with was the Vita. So I am now 60% through Final Fantasy X. I'm on about hour 22. <laughs> so... <laughs> So there is that's that. not scary no no it's not well Sin it's is... scary with how bad the story is but oh dear. <laughs> so 
Sorry, phone god. Yeah. Spoilers, he's your dad. Uh, anyway, um, but uh, I do love a good uh, Star Wars reference in, in my Final Fantasy games. But uh, anyway, I you know, I, I don't know. I really don't mind the story too much. It's a little taxed out. Um, I probably want to do a, a more appropriate response later on when I finish it. But uh, the battle system is pretty damn cool. Um, yeah. I'm really getting into that. Um, not really keen on the summons, though. I don't like how they handled them in this game. But otherwise, mm. I'm okay with it. Um, but uh, anyway, any of you guys have uh, any retro stuff going on? How about you, Voss? Since you're the guest, uh, have you had any uh, any craziness, any fun retro stuff go on recently? I mean, as close to retro as I've been playing recently is Mass Effect 2, and I don't think that counts. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> People have constantly it asked us count. when we're doing yeah. the Mass Effect series, and I was like, well, it is last gen now, <laughs> unless you count Mass Effect 3 on the Wii U, which can you imagine the kid that only played Mass Effect 3 on the Wii U, how jarring that must be of an experience? But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, um, well, cool. Mass Effect 2 is, uh, I, I think it's the best of the series. Um Seconded. I kind of equally liked all of them, though, pretty equally, and apparently uh, that that's the wrong choice. Oh, and I kind of prefer the first one so far, but I haven't gotten to the yeah. third yet. <laughs> gotcha. Well, if you prefer the first one so far, you're probably going to prefer the first one <laughs> permanently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet, but uh, anyway. I'll be okay with that. It's, I'm still having fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's a little more Gears of War. And it gets even more Gears of War going into the third one, but uh, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> but uh, and you, Jam? Anything retro? Anything crazy? Well, I went to um, EGX in London over the weekend uh, on the Sunday, which is not particularly retro, but because this is kind of like our version of PAX over here in the UK, but or slash E3. But um, uh-huh. it, it, we, I did. There is a retro section there, but I'm not going to really talk about that. But um, I'm not even going to talk about this um, thing because I'll probably do a separate sort of podcast about it. Cool. Um, but um, so yeah, my, my news is completely not retro, Fred. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's basically that I played some of the new stuff like Evil Within. Um, Andy and Ali will talk about this on the previous podcast. It's Voice Level One. So if you want to hear a bit more about the show, you can listen to their podcast as well. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time um, playing a few of the new games. Um, I wasn't too impressed, to be honest, by the actual show itself. I thought I was, I was going to be expecting more, but it was kind of like no, every, everything you always expect to come out, and every game that I played was exactly what you expected. <laughs> Nothing surprised me. So, <laughs> unlike uh, the previous year, you know, but, a lot of people think that's how uh, PAX South is going to go this year. PAX yeah. Texas. We'll see what Chip says when he comes back. But uh, I mean, I was going to quickly touch on with you, Fred, about with Evil Within because, well, that's kind of scary, isn't it? It's Shinji Mikami. Um, well, but, and again, I talked about this on Pixelated Pines last night. He said the dangerous words that no Shinji that? <laughs> Mikami fan should hear because it just means you're just you're just feeling the money seep out of your pores. He goes, yeah. well, you know, this is kind of what I would have done had Resident Evil 5, you know, kept the direction I was going for and for. And I'm like, don't mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> well, the, the demo I played um, really felt like, do you remember that um, that demo of Resident Evil 3.5? No one with Leon going through the kind of mansion with the like the ghosts and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt yeah. very much more like that, this game. But then again, I'm only, I'm only basing it off like a chapter, like the demo as well. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, but we'll, we'll see how it turns out. It's got it's got like a 40 gigabyte download to it, though, on your next-gen consoles. It's huge. Well, and I got <laughs> a preview demo on I mean, Steam. Yeah. 
and uh, this is the first time this has happened to me. Uh, it just flat out tells me I can't run it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you have four gigs of RAM? Nope. <laughs> you need eight. So, okay. And oh, it, it, the recommended specs is a quad-core or more Intel i7 running more than four oh. gigs. I was like, wow. that's a PS4 title, if anything at all. <laughs> They're releasing it on last-gen consoles. I'm surprised that you have to have that as uh, minimum specs. Yeah, and that's the weird thing. So I mm. wonder if they just went balls to the wall on the PC one and just didn't bother to you know drop down the other ones. you got to realize that the 360 and the PS3 versions won't really be the same architecture as PC, so it would take some hella porting oh, yeah. uh, to yeah. get them down that way. So I could see them just going high-end. I'm just surprised the Xbox One and the PS4 can keep up at that rate. Um, mm. Clearly, they won't run and, and look the same, but I'm curious. I don't know. I'm thinking about finally biting the bullet and, and, and signing up for uh, – ah, Cy1 has joined us. Uh, <laughs> biting the <laughs> bullet and, uh, and, and getting uh, Gamefly and maybe getting it in that way. Mm-hmm. That'll give me a chance to play a little Alien Isolation as well. But I'm really waiting for Bayonetta 2. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I saw that. I played that briefly. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see how that does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. So. <laughs> we'll probably be the only two people buying that, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, you know what? I did get to do a little bit of arcade retro gaming at uh, this little arcade that uh, my wife found. And apparently there's a Jurassic Park game that follows the plot of Jurassic Park 3. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a shooter like Terminator 2 style where the gun is bolted in. And uh, they do really mean things. The camera pans and zooms in on people, but the pacing is like frantic pacing like Terminator 2 and stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time you hit a person, you lose a third of your health. And it's a dollar a play. Uh. So you're talking like shameless pull <laughs> to take your money. <laughs> like I was really good at killing things, but I was really bad at not hitting people because they have you going through like a corridor, you know, and like it would do stuff like a raptor would jump on the guy and you'd shoot the raptor and they'd count it towards the guy's hit box and you'd lose health and the raptor was unkillable. So it was, yeah, it was pretty shameless, but, uh, but I did get a chance to uh, play a bunch of old stuff like that. And there's uh there's also a, uh, a Batmobile racing game that was pretty interesting. So I had some fun with it. Dropped like 10 bucks in like 15 minutes. So I guess that's what arcades are now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, all right. Well, we got nothing else. I guess we just jump into the news. Sounds good. Yep. (laughs) All right. I uh, actually, I did most of this this week. Yeah, Yeah. You like that? Uh, I, I almost feel like saying this now. It's like, most of today's news is brought to you by RetroCollect.com. I did notice on my release list, I get like a press release from, um, I think it's Amazon. You can sign up for these guys if you ever want them, where they'll just send you an email every week to tell you what new video games are coming out on their storefronts. And uh, and so I got it today and noticed, uh, well, no, it can't be from them because it's got to be VG releases then because, yeah, I talked about Pure Solar HD. Pure Solar HD is finally hitting all the consoles uh, starting today uh, at the U.S. P- PlayStation Store. Um, and I think it also hits Steam today. Uh, it'll be on PS3 and PS4. And then tomorrow it'll hit Xbox One, Xbox 360. And do you guys in Europe update? On Wednesdays? Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. And then I think you guys get a Thursday update for PSN. Am I correct on that? 
Oh, I thought it was Wednesday. We got oh, it, it, you, well, you would know. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's coming out. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's 20 bucks. Memory serves, it's 20 yeah. bucks. But uh, for those that don't know and haven't heard it on this show a dozen times as Voss 5 rolls his eyes, um, <laughs> this is the RPG that was made for the Genesis in 06. A successful Kickstarter got it in HD remake. It was supposed to be coming for a long time. Uh, I'm also curious to see if... Uh, I should probably check while we're talking about the at, later on the show if PeerSolar.com has the... I believe they're selling the Dreamcast disc yeah, version for that. 50 bucks. So some people might be interested in getting that one. I might even be an idiot and jump in on that. Uh, Well, you did save the money on the Night Trap Kickstarter. I did. (laughs) And I do have the Mega Drive one. Uh, Sorry. Well, I'm looking at the site right now, and it says the Mega Drive one. But, uh, yeah, so uh, there is – it looks like there's copies of the Genesis version still available. How about that? Let's see here. There you go. Uh, Yes, they're selling a, a new printing for 50 bucks. So if you want it on the Mega Drive, you can. It works on Genesis and Mega Drive. You can get that, uh, but I do not see the the Dreamcast version yet. Mm. So anyway, all right, um, and let's see. Uh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, no, no. I just got a press release, and it was regarding. Um, or not a press release, an email, and it was regarding the Midwest Gaming Classic, which I'll talk about in a sec. So I just want to make sure. Mm. Um, which I guess I'll talk about right now. Uh, so the Midwest yeah. Gaming Classic, that's going to be, uh, I believe it's in Milwaukee. And the reason I couldn't find the dates last year is they haven't been locked down yet. But it looks like it's going to be happening sometime in April, probably on the upper half of the month. So uh, we're still looking into it. Got approved for a panel. So uh, I just got an email saying that they're going to talk to me and try to set up the panel. Now, this is the part that Jam Elias, unfortunately, does not get to join us for. Unless you want to fly in, bro. I'll give you a room. You just got to fly in. <laughs> and to come Plus, from what? England to Milwaukee is going to be interesting. But uh, but it's a, we, we'll have fun in the town. <laughs> Sweet. But uh, if you feel like dropping $1,100, just let me know. And uh, I will gladly pony up and get you a room at the Sheridan. $1,100. That's only like 50 pounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, yeah, exactly. I don't know what I was thinking. Sell a pair of jeans and do it. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh, I love Fortingard. The implication of Night Trap ever having Fred's money as a given is super shameful. <laughs> Good point. Um, but uh, anyway, so they're setting this up for a panel. Uh, Jam, you'll definitely be part of it if you come in. But if you don't, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there's a, a decent possibility you might not. Um, I'm working on two ideas. One requires a couple of big names out in the Chicago area. And so if I can pull that off, I'll do one topic. Otherwise, um, we might do some fun, like, collectible topic or showing off hardware or something like that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Um, but especially any podcasters or hardcore retro guys who want to head on up to Milwaukee uh, in early April 2015 and might want to be on the panel, hit me up, uh, spidersvenom at gmail.com, uh, and we can talk. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then we will be doing a live from the show podcast um, I think we're going to do it after the show, though. But the the show kind of stays open beyond the main exhibit room uh, and allows people to game and whatnot. And then we usually go out to the local bars or a barcade or something. Um, so, Jam, you will definitely be chimed in on that. So we will definitely bring you in on that. And I'll probably have one or both of 
whoever is also on the panel joining us. Um, and it is going to give us a chance to get some coverage. So if you want to meet me, uh, if Jam goes, if you want to meet him, if you want to see what we're all about, kind of meet us in the flesh. If you want to see me drop a ton of money on retro shit, you can see that. There's a great <laughs> vendor booth there. Um, I'll get a chance to finally see the Robot Panic guys, which I haven't seen in like five years. Um, and the last part is I might be able to get some t-shirts going. So... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to – I'm not trying to sell them for money. Uh, I'm going to just uh, give some out and then probably uh, get rid of the rest at cost. But I need to see what kind of deals I can get now that I know I'm actually going. Uh, but, you know, me, I just want to dorkily walk around with my own GH101 shirt. Uh, and i got to put something clever on the back, right, That's that's just like from us or something. But I guess I can't be vulgar either. I also oh, have to make sure – Yeah, yeah, maybe. That might be a good one. But uh, – the other thing I got to probably check out is make sure that uh, <laughs> Jason Albert, he's a, is cool with me using his logo on the shirt. Uh, that would probably – I'm guessing he doesn't care, but I want to make sure. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's it for MGS uh, or MGC. Yeah. That's coming up. I will keep people posted. But uh, since things are in place, you know, you guys just let me know uh, kind of what's going on, and I will, I will tailor it appropriately. Um, I also saw there is a 2D non-hacked version of Zelda uh, Oot, uh, which is uh, <laughs> God. Why am I blanking on it right now? I want to say Oracle of Time, Ocarina, Ocarina, of, Ocarina time. of Time. Thank you <laughs> yeah. very much. Uh, and uh, it looks like it's basically programmed out of the Link to the Past engine, but it mm. is not like a, a hack. It's going to be a PC game. Uh, it's about 10% complete, and everyone's pl- praying that if they give it away for free, it won't be a uh, <laughs> it won't be a C and D from Nintendo, so mm. we'll see. So, but that's it. That's all I got for news, Mr. Jam. Well, the only one I pull this one just for Fred is that um, Donkey Kong <laughs> is is in Streets of Rage two. I'm not as a rom this. as a rom hack. I saw the we... video. I'm not playing this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, thought... I was turned right off. It was amusing to see, but I was like, no. Nope. Uh, well, I finally have found something Fred won't copy to a flashcard. So. Yes, I will not copy that to a flashcard. Uh, however, I did see the Mario competition cart that has like yeah. the 86 newest levels for Mario World. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about putting my, my wife and I to the challenge and see if we can complete those mm. on the old flashcards. So uh, I guess they do a challenge every year to, to see who can make the best Mario levels uh, in ROM hack form. And then they put them together in one big cart. So. Hmm. We shall see. But I don't know. And unless uh, any any news for you, Voss, I know we didn't ask you to collect news or anything, but I'll, I'll leave it open to you. I have nothing retro. All right. <laughs> any, I mean, any any big like life news, like uh, do anything crazy? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, they recently announced a Fatal Frame 5 for the Wii U in Japan. I That's know. sort of relevant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> need that to come over here. <laughs> you know, despite the fact that I currently at this moment have never played a single moment of a Fatal Frame game, um, and somehow have all four, uh, yeah, I probably should get on that. <laughs> Especially because you have the fourth. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I didn't want to do it uh, without doing them in order, which probably will prove to be a mistake. But uh, but yes, I do have the fourth, and I'm looking forward to playing it someday. <laughs> So, um, all right. Platform's the fourth on. What? The Wii. The fourth, the Fair Frame Four. Which one's that on? Yes, it's on the Wii. I had to buy. Yeah, yeah it's 150 bucks for the damn game, and then I had to buy a Japanese Wii. So I dropped like 250 <laughs> bucks to have that combo 
Um, Which is why you need to play it. <laughs> yes, and it was pre-hacked for Japanese. Uh, it's right up there with Michigan. It's like the most expensive games I've bought to play, uh, and uh, I've never touched it. And I bet the storyline probably doesn't even coincide very heavily with uh, with the games. But knowing my luck, who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky, and it's like a direct sequel to Fatal Frame 2, which I do now know is not really related to Fatal Frame 1. As far as I know, none of the plots are related, but I've only played the first one and part of the second. Gotcha. I was very happy to see um, that uh, the second one is made slightly easier uh, and slightly less frantic because of the off-putting nature, they say, of the first game. So I will play that someday, but uh, it will not be this time. Uh, I thought the second one was worse because it wasn't Tree saying that it was so... The second one, I think, is scarier. Most people say across the board that the second one's scarier. It's just not as... The pacing's better, I guess, and the difficulty's better. So, all right, you know. yeah. I don't, e- I don't even know how the Fatal Frame games get hard, but I guess I'll find out. Oh, you'll find out, Fred. You, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've already found words. out firsthand. <laughs> okay, famous last words. Um, yeah, you have to do a YouTube video on it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, the the biggest reason that I'm not going to be able to play the first one at all is because uh, I got my hands on the uh, the early an early copy of the 20th anniversary of. Uh, of uh, Gabriel Knight. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing some stuff with all games on that. And so I need to uh, dedicate some time to that. That's not a long game. And I know a lot of the puzzles and I don't think they've changed a lot of them, but at the same time, uh, it's going to take a chunk of time. It's probably going to take me a week, week and a half to complete that. So uh, anyway, and back to the seat for point and click adventure instead of on the couch. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all right, well then I guess without further ado, Oh my God, we we're doing this early. What yeah, we're going to pray for a Fatal Frame 5, uh, either fan... Tr- well, no, I'm not going to hack a Wii U. Never mind. Uh, a, a, a English <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Go, go the extra mile, Fred. <laughs> yeah. I've never hacked, like, true blue, like, solder to mod chip into anything other than my Saturn, and that was only because I didn't care if it died. Uh, but uh, I don't think I could do it again. Definitely not for a Wii U. Um, but anyway, these new ones get online. They, they're self-aware. Uh, but, uh All right. Talking well, about the um, GH101 t-shirts in the chat and the merch. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. All right. Yes, we will do that. Let me let me call my Daisy Dukes distributor. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yes, and Fortingard definitely can claim the snowflake branding. Uh, but uh, anyway. Um, all right. Well, I guess we will start with Resident Evil 3. Everybody good with that? Yep. Just because yep. of its chronology. Um Get the specs down real quick. But Resident Evil 3 came out in 1999. If you've been paying attention, it's pretty much annually uh, you get a Resident Evil, excuse me, a Resident Evil release from 96 to 99 on the PlayStation. It's just that 97 didn't really count because it was the director's cut of Resident Evil 1. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, and the game was in development basically in parallel to Code Veronica. Um, it's only a short period of time. I think it was fall 99 when Resident Evil 3 came out, uh, named Nemesis in, do you guys have Nemesis in Europe? Yep. Okay. So it's Nemesis in Europe and uh, North America. It is Biohazard 3, No Escape in Japan. Um, although other than that, I don't think there are any differences in the game. Um, Hmm. maybe a slight tweak in difficulty, but I think that's about it. Um, and I can't speak to that, but, uh, anyway, um, Code Veronica is actually supposed to be 
the next game in the series from everything I've heard kind of behind the scenes. And you guys are welcome to chime in if you've heard otherwise. Um, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis was actually even referred to as Resident Evil 1.9 internally uh, because it was yet another side story surrounding the events and series uh, or the events of the series and was changed to Resident Evil 3 at the last minute to keep up with consistently of the consistency of the Sony platform. And also, uh, it completes the three-game deal with the company. So it, it made marketing sense to just nail them all out instead of doing a side story and then having three on the Dreamcast. Um, I can't recall if they were announced at the same time. I think they were announced at the same E3. Oh, why don't I? Because um, um, I remember people going into it. I remember reading an EGM. Mm. That when this was announced, um, the game was supposed to be like people were like, okay, so we're going to get the big, you know, Resident Evil Three, and then we'll see what they can do on the Dreamcast. It looks pretty, but it's probably going to be pretty short. And anybody who has played Nemesis and Code Veronica yeah. knows that uh, the longer game was clearly Code Veronica. It's yeah. a much more <laughs> fleshed out game. You know, it kind of forces you to play both characters, but you're in like, you know, both main protagonist but there there are of course different timelines um and things like that but we'll get to code veronica on that episode um did you guys play resident evil 3 when it first came out uh, i think no i played i played a demo um close to launch and, um that came with your dino crisis <laughs> yeah, a, well, yeah i think it might be actually yeah yeah, it's yeah. A, <laughs> it is <laughs> or at least it was in america um and I did not get a chance to play it. Now, Voss Five, when did you uh, first experience Resident Evil Three? Uh, probably in two thousand seven. Ah, so right after it came out, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, ninety nine. I was eight at the time, so <laughs> well, and that's fair. <laughs> I could see, I could see uh, that being a tough sell uh, in many <laughs> regards, uh, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I just remember the game coming out, and I remember being surprised right off the bat with the fact that it was only one disc. Mm. Mm. We're going, hmm, okay, that's suspect. Um, but Nemesis looked cool as hell to me, and I think that was what I, I basically uh, took in. And and to be fair, the game's short, but I still think, and I don't know if you guys can help me remember, I still think it's longer than the other two, slightly, but mm. it's. It seems like the other two games were probably like six, seven hours, depending. And this one probably took more like, I don't know, six to eight hours, depending on what you did. Yeah, I think well, so. I think two is technically longer because you had the sort of the, yeah, the, yeah, kind of like four campaigns, technically five, you include the other one. You yeah, but together. I don't know if I, see, I never played them back to back. I only <laughs> played the single <laughs> yeah. campaign uh, until later in time. Because you're not hardcore, friend. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I bought too many damn games even back then, so I never. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd always moved on to the next big hotness. Um, actually, to be fair, I was just dating at that time. But uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Voss Five, you were, you were about to say something, but I think it was in relation to the length. But was there anything you wanted to add to that? No, it was just length. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. Hmm? Now go ahead. Okay. Well, and so just uh, if you've never played the game, we're about to spoil the hell out of it. So yep. enjoy that. Uh, but um, but basically, uh, you know, the the game um, the game was part of again a three game deal. There will be three game deals with Capcom on almost every new platform they jumped, and Capcom was very quick to jump the Resident Evil series to new platforms. Uh, I kind of put it here, but uh, 
the the Dreamcast agreement was for three games as well, and they got Resident Evil two and three uh, yeah, ported yeah. over as lazy ports due to poor sales. Also, the system like died before they ever would have been able to develop another game. <laughs> well, the, the Resident Evil three on the Dreamcast wasn't actually that bad because they did do some. They added a bit to it. I mean, oh, it wasn't did? much, but they added like costumes and they improved the textures, and it's considered ah. probably one of the best. Um, versions of the game yeah now they do add textures and i have the pc ports of those three yeah. games they actually run quite well in xp mm. compatibility mode you gotta do some weird direct x shutoffs but otherwise you should be fine um but the games do look good they almost look too crisp which is almost which is kind of yeah. why i like playing them on the original playstation stuff um permit me to pimp that they also look gorgeous on the vita uh oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, well, as gorgeous as they can look. <laughs> but uh, this, this, and so this game was a little different for a couple of reasons. One, we've already talked about it. Whereas Code Veronica is the true sequel to Resident Evil Two. This one takes place a day before and two <laughs> days following Resident Evil Two. <laughs> yeah, to keep things you know simple. <laughs> yeah, and we'll explain kind of how the game does it. It's not very interesting how the game does it they just have you switch characters for a little while um but the other thing was uh uh, resident evil 3 um was not the scenario was not written by flagship flagship is like a a third-party company that that wrote scenarios uh for for many games uh in the 90s and and 2000s including most of the resident evil series save for like one or two games uh notably resident evil 3 um and uh but they did they are responsible for resident evil 2 code veronica and 4 uh well the early attempts of 4 they didn't do the final version of 4 but anyway uh instead it was written by yashuhisa kawamura i think i got that an internal writer and dev for capcom um he would go on to do nothing else so uh, (laughs) uh i mean he would work on teams uh because this team was worked on by a lot of people or this game was worked on by a large team but uh yeah, he wouldn't go on to be in charge of anything else. And I don't know why. I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, we'll start with Voss on this one. But uh, I think this one's storyline and plot aren't too bad. And I kind of like the scenario. Like the whole concept that you're being chased around by this big Hulk. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, actually, that's kind of the one aspect of certain survival horror games I don't like. That you have something chasing you that you can't really kill permanently. Ah. That's why I can't play the Clock Tower games. I was about to say, yeah, you must just love Clock Tower and uh, what is that other one? The uh, Haunting Ground. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet. Um, I've played all of them, but the only one I actually ever beat was the first one on the Super Nintendo. And that still freaked the shit out of me. (laughs) That one's really good. You're talking about Clock Tower? Yes. Yes. That, that, if you've never played it, you're going to have to do a fan translation, but, uh, yeah, that that original Human Entertainment 92 Super Famicom game is fantastic. I highly yeah. recommend people check it out. It, it proves point and click can be done on the SNES, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, okay, so you didn't really care for uh, the Nemesis creature. Now, you played, I'm, I'm guessing you played Resident Evil 2. Yes, I've played all of the main series except for 6. Okay. Okay. Yes, and we talked about much. that in the forums. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if he decides to pull the trigger, I'll join in on one of the yeah. campaigns. But uh, um, that I mean, if it if to tell you anything else, I'm an avid fan, and I had no problem quitting after completing just one of the campaigns. Um, but uh, but uh, so did you? So did you have a problem with Mister X? Like, uh, was he a little more balanced for you? 
I never, I, okay, I've never actually played the uh, B game. I didn't even know there was one until I heard it on your show. <laughs> well, there you go. See, that's what we're here for. And as Jam scoffs, I point this out right here as my justification that that is not as uncommon as you like to pretend really? it is. You save yeah. at the end of the game and it says scenario B. Yeah, but come on. We've played this before. You know what? Oh. If they hadn't burned me so bad with the director's cut, like I did that when it came out. I would have been a little more open-minded. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, how about you, Jam? What did you think of the Nemesis character? Well, I, I thought it was kind of cool, actually, um, to begin with anyway, until, well, we'll, we'll get into it a bit later. But If you it, have to it was... drop like a quick plot spoiler, though, that's fine. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, because it, it, it kind of gets to a point where you kind of well, in the, realizing the game that it, you just run away from him, really. And there's there's not usually a door too far away to escape the nemesis. Yeah, he's um, not too hard. No. Uh, but like the, Velociraptors, think, he learns how to open doors. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think when you first play the game, and this is what the best part about it is, if you've, if you've played, never played the game before and you go into this not expecting anything, um, which is a shame we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it, but um, it's kind of a cool little feature. And it is generally kind of like, oh, fuck, this thing is running after me. And especially when he jumps through a window with, rocket launch, with a rocket launcher, <laughs> so which is quite big. Yes, yes. Uh, well, because I'm trying to remember, um, and we'll get into kind of breaking down the game in a minute, but I, I'm trying to remember exactly where you are at the first moment the nemesis shows up. Is it when you're uh, in the cafeteria or the cafe? I think, no, it's when you meet your, you know, was it Brad Vickers? Yeah, in front of the, police, of the station. police station. Yeah, That's you know, right. he's saying, he gets Jill, get out of the way. <laughs> right, doesn't Bla Brad get killed right there? Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, he gets... Uh, he gets hentai impaled. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> the overfiend gets him. Uh, but uh, that's a really bad hentai joke. Uh, but uh, and that's yeah, because that's the police station that we all note from the first game. And when you, well, we'll get to it when we talk about the plot real quick. Um, and I have played this semi recently. But uh, just mm -hmm. piecing together uh, everything in order as to when you're just running around. Because you do spend a lot of time at the beginning not getting a whole lot of plot and just kind of exploring somewhat familiar territory. I think it was almost intentional to be that way. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so let's talk about some of the changes, the notable changes uh, in this game. Uh, first one, obviously, well, we already talked about Nemesis. Um but with ne Nemesis comes this new decision system, which they had, like, a cool name for it. I'm trying to remember what they called oh, it. Oh, God, hold on. I might have to look that up. Well, Karen, Karen talking. I'll, yeah. I'll um, but basically, you know, you have to uh, you have to make decisions on the fly. The live selection mode is what they called That's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nemesis would kind of pace you like a Sylvester Stallone-like enemy in the ring of Rocky uh, for a couple seconds. And uh, make you make a decision. And you, you usually had two. And they were either like really obviously like fight or flight kind of choices. Or you had no idea. Like there were times, I don't know about yeah. you guys, but where it was like, do you want to jump backwards or do you want to jump forwards? And you like your angle couldn't show you either one. And you're like, well, what the hell is this going to do? Uh, sure. You know. <laughs> and then if you didn't make a decision, it would make a decision yeah. for you. Um did you guys have a lot of experiences where the game would force you forward and make a decision for you, or were you guys pretty, pretty spot decisive. on with you? You were pretty decisive. I was pretty quick on the draw too. Oh, okay. 
Uh, not me, not the first time. I was like, oh, decisions. I've never seen these <laughs> oh, in games god. before. Oh my god. You know, I, you must love The Walking Dead then, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my thoughts on the Walking Dead games yeah, are well I, documented, um, <laughs> but uh, I like them. I just don't like necessarily what they do in some of them. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, and and again, I don't think it really mattered either. It would just you could make the game easier or harder on yourself based off of what you chose. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that live decision system was pretty cool. But again, I think just like fighting Nemesis, it kind of wears off after a while. Once you get about four hours in, you're, you kind of know what you want to do with each thing. And I think the decisions get a little easier, too. Um, I could be wrong about that. But you remember like the bell tower where it's like, do I want to electrocute Nemesis or like try to push him off of the bell tower? And it's like, well... If I electrocute him, he's still here, and he could be like Jason Voorhees and get stronger. So maybe I'll knock him off, you know, and stuff like that. I don't know. Did you guys uh, – did you did you feel the decisions got any easier, or were they just pretty open? I don't feel indifferent, really. They were just um, pretty standard. But like that one you just mentioned, it was the bridge. You know, it was either – you know, both seemed good. You just, you, didn't, mm-hmm. you just kind of just took a chance on one. I think it, it felt like it felt like in earlier on in the game that you you felt really like one choice would make you fail and one wouldn't, but um, later on they they felt very much like either option would be fine. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and I think there there are now. Yeah. Did anybody fight? Um, did anybody ever fight Nemesis to the point where can you knock him out? I know he can take a knee. I've seen him take a knee before, but... Uh, yeah, you can knock him out each time you encounter him, but it's kind of... But wasting... unlike Mr. X, you don't get any ammo or anything, right? I don't uh, think, think you do, you know. It depends on where you find Yeah, it's to be a... Aha, okay. I never did any of it, so I wouldn't know for <laughs> <laughs> He was kind of a high-risk, uh, high no-reward kind yeah, of thing. Much. So, um... And you know, for a for a running, hulking, rocket launching, jump through windows kind of guy, uh, he wasn't too hard to avoid. But I gotta give it to him the 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 last thing you see anytime you open a door when he's chasing you is usually like the "oh shit, my face is about to get impaled" moment. And so I gotta give him credit there. The tension was there, even though you were kind of safe at least for a second. Uh, but as I said, he he goes through doors, so that made it a little harder. Um, so uh, no, they did integrate the uh, 180 degree turn back in X, let you flip around. Um, that was a big deal for me. Uh, it was a little weird getting used to, but it, Resident Evil 3 is quite easy from a zombie encounter perspective once you know how to do that. And running from some dogs and things can be made a lot easier that way as well. Did you guys, uh, I don't know, um, Jam, did you, uh, did you use the 180 degree turn a bunch? Oh, yeah, that was quite, quite a lot, actually. Okay. How about you, Voss? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) He just swung that tank around and moved it on. Uh, I mean, the game's quite manageable. No, but that's good. That's what what we're here for. You know, people say that you can't move and shoot in uh, Resident Evil, to which I say, have you never heard of the pivot turn, sir? Um, But but yeah, I I really like the 180 degree, although it was jarring at first. Like, I did not like the way it worked at first but i got very used to it and i don't know about you guys but i would almost say it's required to get through code veronica like you're gonna have a really hard time if you tank those uh those turns i did have a really hard time 
<laughs> and that's yeah. Well, and and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to. It. That's a freaking tough game. Like I recently started replaying the HD one. And I was like, "Woo, yeah, no, ah." Next, you're gonna tell me you're gonna make a Resident Evil Zero HD remake, and I'm gonna have to deal with that one again. Uh, but uh, anyway, halfway wishful. <laughs> oh, that's, I would love that. That's all they've got left. <laughs> Well, by Gaiden. <laughs> yeah, I forget, uh, Voss. Do you like Resident Evil Zero? I do. Okay, that's cool. We will definitely have to have you on for that episode because uh, it deserves some some defense. Uh, <laughs> and I don't like shamelessly hate it. I just uh, I have a lot of gripes about that game. So, but uh, anyway, um, so there's only one character this time. Previously, uh, and then <laughs> yes, Jam, you do play briefly as Carlos. <laughs> uh carlos Oliveira, uh but uh you have no choice as to which characters to play there's not like a a guy and a girl campaign which is chauvinistically the easy and the hard campaign depending on which one you pick although maybe not is leon leon and claire are pretty even stevens on which one's yeah, harder right? they, 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 yeah. uh, well apart from technically because claire has the stupid bow gun <laughs> it's kind of harder <laughs> You won't let that bow gun go. Oh, right. No. I okay. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. <laughs> now, you do start off – I say you start off with most of your ammo. You don't start off with most of your ammo, but you do come stockpiled. I mean, she's rocking, you know, like an M5 with uh, 250 rounds, um, which is an assault rifle for those that uh, that aren't familiar. But uh, If you don't live in America. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know your guns, uh, you know, what's wrong with you, non-militant? Uh, but uh, – um, I just remember getting all that ammo, and that was kind of like the meanest thing they could do because I conserved it like it was all that I would ever have in the whole game. Uh, and I think that's what most people did as well. They're, they're at least we're used to the Resident Evil series because you're thinking it's more survival horror still. So you're thinking, I'm not which is, use which is and this this game definitely with this starts to show its hints on being a little more action oriented, um, which is weird because. Uh, and you can tell they were done in parallel because you have a lot less ammo in Code Veronica. Um, and yes, Fortingard, you are correct. And Jam will agree with you. The bow gun is the worst gun ever made. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, you, you do start off with a large amount of ammo. And you really kind of don't get a whole ton of ammo. You see things here and there. But it's it's not until you start collecting enough of those bullet powders where you can kind of make your own bullets. Uh, which was kind of a cool versatility to it, and that's kind of new. Um, but I think the gas station, you remember that scene where she blows up the gas station? That's about where you start learning, okay, I'm going to get more resources as this game goes on. Um, I think their goal was they wanted you to fight Nemesis, <laughs> and survival horror does not want you. You know, everyone coming off the back end of Silent Hill was like, no, I don't want to shoot everything. Uh, <laughs> that's That's probably not the best way to handle this. Although I guess Silent Hill does make you kill almost everything in that first game. Or at least have the option to. But. I do. Yeah, yeah. It makes it easier, so you don't have to, if you have to backtrack. But uh, anyway, I digress. Um, who put no longer have to press X to walk upstairs? That one was me. Okay. That's a, no, that's a big one. That's a, that's notable. That threw me off. Yeah. Because you used to just run up to the stairs, you know, and then you'd just be running at the stairs, but you couldn't go up, and then all of a sudden you'd go up. But, uh, I would always stop and then press X and nothing would happen and the nemesis would pop up right behind me. Oh God, that would be bad, especially in the police station when you're kind of black or er, blacked when you're kind of backed into a corner and stuff. Because yeah, nemesis does a really good job of uh, of doing that. 
And Jam is currently typing make your own <laughs> ammo, which we talked about a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was that was uh Is there anyone in the series to do that? Yeah, you're right. I didn't much care for it. Mm. Boss? I, I I never used it really. Okay, well there you go. Boss, did you were you a gun making man or bullet making man? I mean, I made it because I picked up the items, but I mean, it. I never really used the special ammo. <laughs> okay, yeah, you didn't study the recipes and save this and that and all that. <laughs> I didn't even realize there were different recipes. I thought it was just, you know, use the, you get the base amount set of ammo for a while, and then you get the good ammo. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> that, that's as far as I knew. <laughs> I think I just memorized, there was a really easy recipe for, like, magnum ammo. I think it was, like, C and C or A, B and C, and I just made a bunch of magnum bullets. Do you know what it reminded me of the ammo stuff? It reminded me of that. Do you remember back in the first Resident Evil game with the, what was it called? The V-Jolt yes. mini, little puzzle where you had to do to take the plant down? It felt yeah. like that. Like it was all just combinations of like A ammo and B ammo and mixing it all together to get X ammo or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think it's gonna, uh, you know, I, it was, it was interesting, but I did, I didn't like it. I, I, it took up a lot of inventory slots. And granted, Jill's inventory is pretty big in this game, but I don't know. It was just more stuff I had to manage and, uh, and I didn't want to have to make that decision. It, w- it was one of those things where kind of like everybody else, I just used it for what I needed it for, but I wasn't really, I wasn't really looking for it. Um, and the Mercenaries. The Mercenaries replaces the fourth Survivor game, also known as the Tofu Survivor or Extreme Survivor <laughs> game um, from Resident Evil. I put four. I meant two. Um, and has you playing as the three UBSC members. What does UB stand for? Umbrella. I have no idea. Members. Squad um, something. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I want to look up. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jim. You get right on that. Get our acronym for us. Um and the, the cool thing though was the, uh, the three different mercenaries. I think it was, what was it, me? Kyle, um. Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service. Of course. <laughs> That's exactly what I would name it. Um, but there was this good is... old. <laughs> who was it? It was, it was Carlos. It was, uh, Miguel. Or no, Mikhail. not Miguel. Mikhail. Nikolai. And Nikolai, yes. Good old Nikolai. Thought better of him. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that mercenaries mode was quite addicting to me. Um, did you guys play the mercenaries a lot when, when you played the game? Not really. I, I, I was pretty much more into the campaign. I think by the time we got to the mercenaries thing, which is after the game, I was kind of done with the game. People keep like trying to convince me that the mercenaries was something that a lot of people played. And I, I just don't think mm-hmm. it is. Uh, I played a lot in the later games, but not, not this one. Huh. I played it once, else? but no. <laughs> okay. You know, it's weird. Yeah, I played these earlier ones. I've never been tempted to play it in uh, 4, 5, or any of that stuff. Um, played it for some some trophies or, or, or achievements in 5, but that was about it. Um, and then there are the epilogue files. Now, I don't even remember these things being a part of the game. <laughs> I don't remember this. But you get, like, a picture at the very end that would randomly unlock, and it would give you uh, one of eight files. You had to beat the game eight times to get all of them, and it told you the epilogues of kind of what each character did when they uh, when they escaped the city, which even more kind of proves that it's, it's, it's somewhat of a uh, 
like this is somewhat of a side story, you know, uh, to, to the actual events of what goes on. If you're curious to see them, instead of beating the game eight times in a row, uh, you can just go to residentevil.wikia.com and they've got them all laid out for you. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, um, so yeah, unless you guys, um, oh, and if you want to know what these files do contain, the interesting thing is who their epilogues are for, because it's not for Resident Evil 3 characters. It's Jill, Chris, Barry, Rebecca, Leon, Claire, Sherry, Ada, and Hunk. And I think it's laughable that Hunk gets his own <laughs> epilogue, um, because it's quite possible, as I'm sure Voss 5 can vouch for, that if you, uh, if you don't play the second campaign or much of the, you know, the, um, yeah, if you don't play the second campaign of Resident Evil 2, um, it's very possible you could go all the way to beyond, you know, zero and not know who Hunk is. I've heard of him, but I, I mean, other than the brief appearance in Operation Raccoon City that I barely played, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You actually played it? <laughs> I played up to the end of the first mission, and I quit and sent it back to Gamefly. <laughs> wow. See, I I own it, but, you know, I've been – I get mixed reviews. Alan, when I saw him, he was like, yeah, it gets a bad rep, but it's all right. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's kind of necessary. You have to have someone multiplayer with you. Yes, and I know his wife's a gamer, so that probably helps <laughs> a lot. <laughs> if I can find it for five bucks, I'll probably buy it, but more than that, it's not worth it. Gotcha. <laughs> I think I got enough people on the Steam group that if I yeah if I can get it on cheap on Steam I might be able to have enough people who I can play with so but uh, who am I kidding I'll never have time uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll briefly kind of talk about the plot uh, nothing crazy and we'll just kind of bring up notable moments so um, I'll kind of leave this and you guys just just let me know uh, Fortingard definitely giving his uh, love for Tofu and Hunk I think they're great from Resident Evil 2's perspective. Um, I just love that Hunk is like the hidden favorite character. Uh, <laughs> he can chain neck snaps in Resident Evil 4 Mercs. Wow. You, I might go back and play that now. That's anyway. pretty cool, actually. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so the plot starts off September 27th, just in case you remember the exact dates of the Raccoon City oh. incident. Um, <laughs> Jill is on her way to leave the city. And what better way to leave the city than hooker boots with a small, uh, <laughs> with a I'm small, <laughs> yeah, with a small mini skirt. Um, you've got to be bougie. So you've got, uh, you know, a utility short sleeved skin tight second skin shirt. Uh, but you also have the, uh, sweater wrapped around, uh, your waist just in case you get cold and a lovely throwback to the early nineties. Um, and an assault rifle. Yes, don't ever leave without your assault rifle. Uh, anyway, uh, she's on her way out and, uh, and, and, uh, basically, uh, you know, the, it's just mass hysteria and she ends up finding someone help me out. I can't remember how she ends up in that, that warehouse with that dude who's like um, hiding in a tanker car. She's just generally escaping. There's basically like a horde coming after her, and then she, she busts she gets down through the door her. and then okay. they do that little typewriter bit saying with a bit you just mentioned Got date okay. and then, and then she's just in that warehouse with that guy. Okay. So they just build you up into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so she's got to get out, uh, and uh, you quickly look around and find that you've got a lot of ammo, uh, you got a lot of resources, and you're pretty well stocked when you leave that area. Like, you can leave really any time, and that survivor's clearly not coming with you. Um, I think he closes himself off into the thing, and I was always waiting for him to turn, and he never does. Um, and uh, and you stock up, and, and you head out on your own. Um, and then I believe the first thing you do is head to the police station, right? 
Yep. The, uh, it, well, you, you see Brad Vickers running away um, from. Can you chase nothing, him to the police station? Chase him. Is that for Stars members? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Stars. <laughs> and then tentacle porn. And then Brad's dead. And uh, you get your first encounter with the nemesis. And I believe he roughs you up, doesn't he? Doesn't he like pick you up by the throat and then he just like throws you uh, down on the ground or something? Not this bit. Okay. No, he he does that to Brad. Okay. Yeah, okay. he fucks Brad up. But. Yeah, yeah. Brad, I think you can look. Oh, yeah, because doesn't he splits and then you can go look at Brad's like broken body afterwards. I can't remember if that's here or maybe when you leave the police station. You, no, no, you can, you got to. This is where you get your first choice. You can either choose to fight Nemesis, um, or right. you can um, go straight into the police station. Um, and if you choose to fight him, you can examine Brad's body, and he's got a card on him which you can use to get into a safe quicker in the in the building. Ha uh-huh. ha! There you mm-hmm. go. This is why I've got you guys on. <laughs> and also for a little Easter egg, um, obviously Brad turns up as a zombie in Resident Evil Two if you get to the police station at the beginning without using without picking up any ammo. Yes, you get an, <laughs> you get to see Brad as a zombie underneath the uh, viaduct or whatever. <clears throat> Which so that's kind of a fun little throwback, right? They clearly mm-hmm. knew what they were doing here, um, and uh, and so you go into the police station. Now the police station has not quite been messed up <laughs> like it is in Resident Evil Two yet. Um, and not a whole lot of things are locked. That thing's not really on lockdown. Uh, I remember being able to navigate that police station pretty easily and being surprised by this, but at the same time, you don't really spend a whole lot of time, uh, in the police station. I don't believe. No, it's only a brief period of the game. So, um, but, uh, now there is the scene, and I think this is the one you were talking about, Jam, though, where you're walking down a hallway or something, and it's like probably right in front of the staircase, and he jumps through the window yeah. in front of you, blocking your way. <laughs> that was it. a fun oh shit moment. Um, we have the rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, and I, doesn't he just like, isn't it like a cutscene where he shoots the rocket, the first rocket at you, yeah. and then you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I so think this is a decision happen. there. <laughs> I think it's just a oh shit run. Um, and doesn't he, like, hang out down there? I, I seem to remember you can get him, like, trapped down there just running around for a while if you can't figure out quite what to do. Um, but off the top of my head, I can't remember as well. Well, if you if you back um, – if, you, if you're right, stuck in a corner, I think, I think it's the 183 um, button, or it might be one of the other buttons. You can kind of evade his attacks quite easily Yeah, with his little lunge thing he does. So yep. you can get this kind of like chainy, glitchy system where he's just constantly kind of turning on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and then, uh, and then, I don't know. You know, Jam. It might be better if you take the lead on this one on on the plot, and I'll just kind of chime in here and there. Um, oh, okay. Because I'm realizing this is not as fresh in my head as I thought it was. <laughs> that's, so that's cool. Well, the events you... are, but not not chronologically. Well, the, you, you, you do the police station stuff, and it, like you said, it is very much pre-Resident Evil 2, and I think that it's almost quite clever, isn't it, with this, I thought, because it's obviously um, they're kind of recycling assets from the, from the, first, from the second game. Very much so. Um, <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> you, you pick up a few files in this area where it kind of, you know, you, you get a bit of the background of sort of pre-events and everything like that, but you, don't, you really don't spend much time in the area. You pretty much just go through the police station. It's almost just like a wave, oh, it's from Resident Evil 2, and then you you leave it, and then you kind of go more into what's what I kind of like about the game. You really go into more of just a Raccoon City in general. So you're kind of going through the shops, you're going through 
like mm-hmm. office blocks and everything, just sort of searching for items. The main sort of goal you're getting to to start with is you you locate you get into kind of like a bar. I think it's a bar, isn't it? Where you you get that first you meet Carlos Carlos yeah, for the first the bar time. cafe yeah. or whatnot. And real quick, just to chime in, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of talk about this in my my. Uh, Looking back articles, my now and thens, which I, I wrote those like right after I completed each game. Um, the interesting thing is Resident Evil 2 wanted to give you access to Raccoon City and is kind of confined to, for the most part, being yeah. just a repeat, a larger scale version of the original game. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still Whereas this it's seems like a big mansion. To, yeah, this <laughs> seems to actually be the culmination of you wandering the streets of Raccoon City. You do a lot of stuff. Um uh, I think it's later on after this bar, but uh, is is the whole like gas station and and the mayor's area and all that stuff? Is this all this area or? Yeah, because basically you, you do that. Well, you do this bit of Carlos, and then you got this is one where you get with the choice of to you can either blow the bar up, which is what I chose, <laughs> or you yeah. can just or you can like go down the emergency exit. Um, but then you get to that like a wuss. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's a tram or something. That's where all the other Marines are at the moment. Yeah. They're all, and you have to basically repair the tram to get it moving. And that's where you you kind of get it turns Little into a bit more quests, of a yeah yeah it's fetch quest. You got to go. To, there's various points across the city where you go to, um, and you can do it in whatever order you fancy. Although it is pretty, there's almost like there's almost like a particular route that's tailored for it. Um, mm-hmm. Makes more sense when you play it. Um, yeah, and this is where you get the gas station bit, Fred, where, yeah, you blow the gas station up, which is hilarious. <laughs> In fact, for the most part, all Jill does is run around Raccoon City blowing shit up. Yeah, um, I, know, yeah. I <laughs> mean, that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> using, using Nemesis as, the, as, as her, her ruse. <laughs> She's just like, oh yeah, he came around. So I was like, blow up the gas station, you know, like you do. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's the gas station. I remember the, uh, there's like a hedge maze, isn't there? <laughs> like a Central Park. And uh, I remember that being... That's kind of like a main thoroughfare, actually. And they love to have Nemesis just drop in on you. Um, <laughs> actually, throughout most parts of this game, but well, especially this part, he just kind of drops in. He just randomly appears. He's Sometimes just kind of like, look- you've been busy for like three minutes. Mm. I'm going to bug you. What's really cool, though, every time Nemesis appears, they do just like that that awesome music. <laughs> when it's just bum, the... Bum, bum, <laughs> Yeah, oh, there's no. the raw shit. Yeah, yeah. I need to do that in the in the music episode. That reminds <laughs> me. Thank you guys for those of you, including Voss5, who have chimed in on music. Keep it up. I'm writing all of them down. Uh, but uh, anyway. Um, so obviously, yeah, you repair the tram, and then, then you get another choice. Well, oh, yeah, no, we have to talk about Mikhail's heroic <laughs> exit from the... Yes, Mikhail does the... Uh, the Billy from Predator move. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's all fucked up and he like just goes in there. Isn't his leg screwed up or something? Yeah, he's, he's fucked yeah. up for the, as soon as you meet him, he's lying down. And then he just yeah. gets up that one bit. <laughs> he goes in there and you, like his nemesis is in the back of the tram and he goes in there and he closes the door because Lord knows that thanks to his meat shield and that thin door, nothing's getting through. Um, and doesn't he do a grenade? Yeah, yeah, I agree. He sacrificed himself and yeah. blows well, and the tram up. And he disconnected the tram, didn't he? Yes, yes. He did yeah. both of those. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, which, you know, you probably could have determined that the, the grenade wasn't going to do much to Nemesis, but maybe that was the point. Um, but, you know, frankly, I don't know about you guys. If I was going to throw my life away, <laughs> I'd probably go out a little more badass. <laughs> 
I don't know. I'd have to think of something better, and maybe that's all Mikhail could do at the time. Or Mikhail. Yeah, he might not have had any, any better options. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to wrestle away the rocket launcher from Nemesis, honestly. No, but boy, would that be hilarious to watch. That'd be a killer mini game. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, but all right. And so we have our tram, and and then you get to the clock tower. Yes, and the clock tower is a very cool uh, kind of area. It seemed longer the first time I played it, and it's a real kind of short area. Unfortunately, it was shorter mm-hmm. than I expected because I had, it took me forever to get through the city area. Mm-hmm. It also took me forever to realize there was a map. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll give you. And they all, I mean, the streets still, unfortunately, do look a lot the same. Um, And it's forced camera angles. So I think there's a couple of those sweeping motions that they do, like in Dino Crisis. Am I correct, Jim? Where it kind of... camera tracks you or is no that no not this it's all pre-rendered okay so. yeah so the first time we see that is code veronica so yeah it's uh it can be kind of difficult uh one thing i should also point out is there's a couple of scenes around here where the zombies themselves aren't very difficult but they kind of put them in bad places like they're coming well, out of an they're... alleyway that your pre-rendered camera angle would never have seen. <laughs> and so you like run past and all of a sudden, Hah! you know, and he like seemingly comes out of the wall, you know, and the game's like, oh, you didn't see him? Ha ha, you know. There's also a larger volume of them. There's loads of them um, in comparison to the other games. Like on the re- And they're faster as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, is this where you pass out? Uh, yeah, so you ring the you ring the bell tower to signal the helicopter, the first helicopter that's supposed to rescue you. Yeah, um, so isn't then, this also the helicopter coming in for Resident Evil Two? Poss- no, it's not because this one Nemesis blows the shit out of it. But <laughs> well, yeah, Mister X takes care of the helicopter in two, doesn't? Yeah. It? Okay. See, I thought they did another connection there, um, but no, that mm. helicopter does crash right in front of the clock tower, not in the police station building. So. And then, um, obviously, Nemesis uses his tentacle rape and um, infects Jill. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I don't like that metaphor because he infects Jill. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes, he uh, he does something gross and tentacle-like and oh-so-very Japanese horror. Um, yes, and implants her. <laughs> I guess for lack of a better There's another way to put it. <laughs> and she passes out for 48 hours, right? Somehow, yeah. 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 Like you do, actually. It's, it's and doesn't exhausted. turn into a zombie. Inconsistency much. So. Well, you know, she's been exposed once in a while. She's got, you know, she's pretty well, good. She's probably been bitten many times in Resident Evil 1. Yeah, right. The, the, you're just naturally immune to the virus. It's, it's like what happens in The Walking Dead. I mean, isn't it two separate viruses anyway? This is the T-strain. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the T-virus acts a little different. And gross, um, but uh, but everything I've seen the T virus do is is very gross. <laughs> um, uh, the the uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So this is uh, this is that. So any take out, you become you, you play as Carlos to go basically get the vaccine from the hospital. Yep, and then you go give it to Jill, and uh, now, and I love how it says. Uh, uh, at least in this walkthrough I'm reading later on that week in, on October 1st. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, now when he recovers you, is this the part where all the zombies break into that room you're kind of hanging out in and the whole thing? Well, yeah, the building's on fire. Yeah. Gotcha. That's all I remember. See, I'm that good. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it's at, at this point... Um, 
that hold on jill finds a small hut in raccoon park cemetery with a secret room which is the base of operation for the supervisors mm. yeah and this is where you kind of find out that there's there's a nuke oh <laughs> uh, well carlos tells you there's a nuke coming i guess with his connections <laughs> yes well he does work for the company that's going to wipe the whole town <laughs> off the map so yeah, he's he's kind of good. Um, and if you ever want to see some hilarious retelling of this plot, feel free to check out uh, the second Resident Evil movie. Although, for the record, it's quite <laughs> uh, God, that's awful, that one. But yeah, it's uh, entertaining, but bad. Mila Jovovich uh, actually getting into a fist fight with Nemesis was pretty good. Um, but otherwise... Uh, and actually, we get to see an actress try to pull off this ridiculous outfit that Jill is in in the entire game. Until mm-hmm. you unlock more costumes, which is pretty good. So, but uh, and then um, and so at this point you're making your way to, um, where are you going, Jam? Are you? I um, thought you were going to like a, a umbrella headquarter or. Well, pretty much the the ne- the, ne- the last bit. Last bit is you really trying to escape. Uh, oh, also Nemesis gets an upgrade by this point because when you got when you were at the bell tower, you did you have to do a compulsory fight with him as Jill before you. Um, mm-hmm. before he attacked you and, yeah. then, and then basically he goes a bit more feral and he has like tentacles coming out of his torso and everything and it just and then he becomes a dog and <laughs> yeah uh, well so, we should well there is also the super worm which uh oh gosh yeah which yeah. makes an, an appearance in a couple of these games uh <laughs> moving forward and he's terrible in all grave digger the grave digger <laughs> like what his yeah. name is. he's named after the monster truck uh but uh anyway um I didn't like him in uh, Resident Evil 3. He was an instant kill, right? If you didn't shoot him the right way or something. There was a, yeah, there's a section where, because he's like, you fight him underground in the sewers and then on la- on the overground part. And yeah, I think you can die in the sewers or something. Yeah, it's, it's a very cheap kind of. But you gotta know. Yeah, otherwise you gotta backtrack. And then I believe he comes up in. Um, he comes up in uh, Code Veronica as well. He might not be called the Grave Digger, but uh, anyway, he's, uh, he's also yeah, he's um, Code Veronica with when the first bit of Chris. Yes. Um, well, spoilers, but that plot. But, yeah. What Chris is in it? Get out! He's on the cover. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, Capcom likes their worms. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was. Well, um, they have worms or whatever. <laughs> but. Uh, and then, uh, okay, so, so yeah, you basically fight Nemesis down, and you're trying to put in all the, is this where you, you try to put in all the, uh, I, I never knew what to do in this final scene as the missile is coming towards you uh, when I yeah, first played so the game. Yeah, insert the batteries in the right order, and yeah. and then, yeah, Nemesis, this is where Nemesis is the dog now. It's yes. just getting a bit silly. He's just like, <laughs> and you're like, okay. And he was really easy, actually. I was kind of pissed that yeah. Nemesis was pretty easy. Um, yeah, I, I, I got the rocket launcher and I didn't even use it. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> which was which was unfortunate because right, that, that's the only way you kill Tyrant in the first one. If you go that route, there is a way you can do it without doing that. Um, I think is there a way you can do that? Maybe you do have to shoot him with the rocket launcher every time. Well, Don't remember in, in the end of Resident Evil One. One. Oh no, there's uh, if you get the bad ending, you never find him at all. If you, if you don't say he's never there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in two, uh, the first time you fight, what's his face? William Birkin. He's not too bad in scenario A. He's a little harder in B. Mm. 
Um, but he's all right. Oh no, it's Mr. X and B, isn't it? It's, it's mutated Mr. X and B. Yeah, but that's yeah. we have. You have to kill him on the rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that's cool. They counter it. Um, I also like that. Uh, um, that Barry is who's part of like the guys that that pick you up. Uh, so only if you get the that's the that's an interesting one, Fred. Because it's only if you one of the multiple choices. This is when we talked earlier about the bridge bit, where do you choose to jump off the bridge or distract Nemesis or something stupid like that? Oh no! And if kidding? you don't choose, if you don't choose the if you choose the jump off the bridge, you get the Barry ending. But if you don't choose that, you get a different ending. Oh really? I honestly you, never knew this. I didn't. Yeah, I, I put I pushed them off. Huh? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, I it's, jumped it's off the weird bridge, way which kind of tells you a whole lot about my playstyle for this game, yeah. since I've never chosen to do anything else. Um, okay, well, so so let's talk about this ending. So if you push him off the bridge, as far as well, I no, know... If you jump off the bridge. Or sorry, yeah, if you jump off the bridge, as far as I recall, you, you lock in the batteries and then you run up to the helipad um, mm-hmm. and you fight Nemesis again. Um and uh, and then uh, y- you and Carlos get into helicopters and buries the pilot. And That's it. You guys go, and then a big nuke hits, and uh, and then Alice falls out of the helicopter, and uh, and then the, the third game start or the third movie starts. Uh, but uh, so what happens if you push him off? If you push him off, it's the exact same thing in the exact same scenario. It's just the pilot's just a complete mute. It's, it's a different pilot. What? That's all it is. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. And what exactly, <laughs> why did they pick that to be the decision to trigger that? I have no idea. It's a weird little thing because you, you won't even know it. You, this is, I didn't even yeah. know this until I looked it up online because obviously uh-huh. the, first, the first, I chose the other decision. So. Really? So you always mm. had this nameless pilot and I was always yeah. like, that was a fantastic throwback. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow, learn something new every day. Oh, especially that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like that? That's 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 my new learn stuff. Uh, that's my new learn stuff voice. Uh, but uh, that's very interesting. Okay, so um, so that's Resident Evil Three. Um, again, I quite liked it. I liked the Nemesis uh, mm. points, and I liked. Uh, I, I don't know. I just overall liked it. Uh, it felt about as complete as the rest of them. Um, aside from the fact that uh, it was the first time I'd beaten the game and didn't want to just jump right back in a second time. So if that's any indication of anything. Um, it was a little more... Uh, kind of like uh, Voss 5 said earlier, uh, mm-hmm. with with all your rummaging through the city and stuff, it was a little less... It was a little more of like arbitrary tasks, mundane tasks, if you will. Rather, uh, that that wasted a lot of real estate of, of like, areas they created. Um, and I almost wonder if that didn't have anything to do with them rushing things along because of the the massive campaign that's much more robust that is Code Veronica, uh, that does a much better job. In fact, too good a job of packing too much stuff into one area. Mm. So, um, but, I mean, clearly without going into what that game is, I mean, would you guys agree that it, they are very different games? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Resident Evil Three almost kind of hints at this direction Capcom's going in, which Jam and I kind of discussed on the Dino Crisis One and Two Game Club, and uh, you know we clearly see Mikami after you know after he just can't get a decent version of Resident Evil Four, he's like, "Screw it, okay, we're gonna try this. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Let me write this. I got an idea, <laughs> and I think that's kind of how it goes." So, 
Um, anything else you guys want to say about uh, Resident Evil 3? Nemesis. I think it makes for a great trilogy with play, with PlayStation One, like complete, just kind of completes that. Yeah, like you. I do think it is more fitting um, mm. being the third game in the series, even if it doesn't really work from a canonical standpoint. But yeah, so kind of weird though. You sleep through the entire second game. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> crazy. So, um, how about you, Vos? Uh, it's a great game. I I stand by it, even if I don't particularly care for the nemesis aspect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, though, Voss, while we got you on, uh, which is your favorite of the initial trilogy? The first one. Okay, makes sense. That's a classic <laughs> and probably most appropriate answer. And Jam, you're two, right? Yep. <laughs> so with the three of us, we're either like perfectly interested in certain games or we just sound like a bullshit list but either way it works and uh Voss, you probably got the most popular vote um i think my problem is it, it's always been hard for me to separate the first one and remake once that hit um and it continues to be a point of bias for me at this point but uh it's ironic though because i play the original all the time and i haven't played remake in six years <laughs> anyway all right now the moment you've all been waiting for and uh mr jam um if you don't mind i think we're gonna let voss five yeah. take the lead on this one because i think he's the most appropriate uh but clearly you've got plenty of experience and i'll, I'll throw my two cents in here but uh let's talk about silent hill three mm-hmm. okie dokie uh the development began in 2001 after the release of Silent Hill 2 at the same time of a game intended to be a spin-off called uh, Remote 302 which eventually was became uh, Silent Hill 4 The Room. Okay, so real quick just humor me since I haven't played The Room and I'll try to by the time we do the next one but uh, we'll see. Um that game does not solely take place in one room, does it? Or is that a spoiler? It does not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Just curious. It, the, basically, your room is like the hub point, and you climb through a hole in your bathroom wall to go to the other places. Cool. Cool. And, okay. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'll definitely give it a try. I've got the Xbox version uh, here, so I'll, I'll boot that up at some point, but probably not for a little while. Anyway. Probably until close to the episode. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, developed by the Konami production group Team Silent, which worked on the first four games, and it consisted of about 40 people, most of which were involved in the production of Silent Hill 2. Uh, uh, then a different uh, internal team of Konami worked on the PC port, which I can't speak to. I'm not, I, I hear it's good, but I wouldn't know firsthand. Yeah, a lot of people say it's good, but much like the PC port of Silent Hill 2... Like, it's not, it doesn't seem as drastic as, like, the Resident Evil ports. Although, to be fair, those were PS2 games and the Resident Evil games were PS1 games. So they probably did look a lot more dynamic in the late 90s on PC. But, uh, anyway. And it takes place 17 years after the events of the original Silent Hill game. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we'll talk about, uh, kind of those plot points after, uh, we talk about, uh, these, the, the, the changes. But, uh, we're probably going to have to spoil the first game. So if you somehow didn't listen to the first Silent Evil episode and uh, don't want this spoiled for you, 
too bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of necessary for the plot. (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay, and this is the only installment in the series to include beef jerky as an item that you use to distract enemies. So did you guys use this a lot? No. Never. <laughs> okay, I I tried it and I found myself getting into more trouble, especially with the dog like creatures, um, than it was ever worth. I've gone through the fi- game five times, I've never used it once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I don't recommend it. I did use um it eventually got to a point where I just lined up some beef jerky just because I wanted it out. And the the enemies seem to go through the beef jerky a lot. Um uh, like quicker than you'd you'd hope. They're more interested in dead bodies uh, than they are in uh, beef jerky. So, uh, This is the first one in, in the series, most of which afterwards will follow the same trend. But it's the first one to have a part take place outside of Silent Hill. Yeah, like a significant part, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like the first half it's, of the game. It is the first half. <laughs> okay, yeah. And the game is very easy to separate. There's like six areas, one hour an area, six hours. <laughs> like, oh, it like took it six hours? <laughs> uh, it took me more than six hours, actually. Are you ready for the shamefulness? Because uh, yeah. Jam was like, have you played – you're used to Silent Hill 2's, you know, uh, the, the way, you know, you kind of puzzle solve in that. Well, Jam, that was a year and a half ago. Um, no, I actually wasn't that used to Silent Hill's uh, 2's puzzle making so i did the try everything approach until something sticks and get lost constantly approach it took me eight and a half hours to beat this game guys my first playthrough was seven so i can't really say too much all right (laughs) but i mean i've gotten through the game in three hours yes apparently (laughs) once you once you know what you're doing you're good to go uh it's pretty routine because yeah i mean all in all the tasks are pretty routine but i did find myself doing a lot of backtracking but it it did a really good job at keeping me kind of stressed especially in the mall and uh and of, of course the amusement park uh this is also the first in the series to have uh mary elizabeth mcglynn providing vocals for the music and she's been in every single Silent Hill game since this point. Huh. There you go. Well, even the um, spin-off ones. Like... Well, she was in uh, the uh, Book of Memories, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> we don't vouch for that one. <laughs> just saying. But yeah, every single one. I mean, obviously not the shitty Java mobile games, but <laughs> like every console iteration of the series she's been in since wow. Silent Hill 3. Oh. And this has minor additional content for ha- uh, having a completed Silent Hill 2 save file in the memory card. What? And it's, yeah. Yep. Well, I do have that. What do I gain from it? What did I get? There are... Okay, there's a oh. scene in the bathroom. Yes, the bathroom scene. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you are correct. So I'm disgusting. sorry. And yeah, then that the, was fucked are, up. <laughs> and then there are four other places in the game where if you examine something... She'll uh, say, like, when you look at the mailbox in your apartment building, she's like, there aren't any letters in here, not even any from a dead wife. Not that I have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, that's that cool. Those yeah. aren't in there if you don't have the Silent Hill 2 completed save file. Okay, so I had those things and I didn't realize it. So, like, that bathroom is just it's just locked? No, you can look. I think the toilet, you just can't interact with it otherwise. Oh, okay. So you don't you. get the scene where you look at the toilet She just and she starts to reach her hand and it's like, oh, who would do something so disgusting? Yeah, she was about <laughs> to, too. I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> don't do it. I've seen this before. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's cool. That, I think that's a cool uh, 
you know, a little, little throwback for. But I mean, for you just of... get four lines of text in that one scene. That's the only. That's the only additional content. Cool. <laughs> I was just wondering what I was. Either I, you know, I assumed it'd be something on like the main menu or something. I'm like, where's the video that I missed or something? <laughs> oh, it's nothing. It's nothing important. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, this is also the first game to include alternate costumes, which after you beat the game, you get a new menu. You get a new option on the menu called extra costume, where you have basically a typewriter keyboard. And you have to type in the codes that you find that you would find in a. In, on websites and in magazines, they would advertise things like Game Inform or Game Pro EGM, and basically it just changes your outfit to blue jeans and a tank top with like the logo of the website or whatever. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> that is seriously it. I mean, I kind of liked having her in pants instead of a skirt, but <laughs> yeah. And then it also has a. I mean, there are also some that change your appearance drastically like the lightning god it changes your hair to blue and you have a bunch of tattoos yeah and then uh there's also the uh princess heart costume which is interesting you're (laughs) basically no no, it's you basically turn into a magical girl and it's you're basically wearing like a white dress that's with a heart belt like it, then the dress is cut above the knees, and she has like a. I think she has like these. Dangly, oh my god! I'm seeing it now. These bobbly <laughs> antenna things on her head. And, yeah, uh, she looks like the wow. wow. And it has a transformation sequence when you equip the costume. Of course it does. It does. <laughs> uh, wow! Wow! She kind of looks like a hybrid between like Space Channel Five and <laughs> something else. Space Channel 5 was definitely what I was thinking. Yeah. Having not played the game, I can tell it matches that style. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think the one I go for is the uh the one with the uh the Japanese writing on the back and the bloody boob. That's uh that's my uh, the transients, I think. I uh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But uh very interesting. Oh my god, and I found cosplay for the uh <laughs> that particular costume i'm closing the browser <laughs> anyway <laughs> and uh also on the main menu when you're highlighting extra new game if you type in the konami code uh when you select the like your difficulty level for uh battle and riddle then she'll then heather will make a moaning noise which mm. is it, it it bothers me, but anyway, when is you get it intended into, to be pleasuresome or is it intended to be painful? It sounds like it's it's sexual. I can't okay. argue. <laughs> okay. And in that and throughout the game, Douglas will appear in the game in his normal costume, sans shirt and pants. Fantastic. So he's wearing a trench coat, socks, shoes, boxers, and his tie. That's it. That's <laughs> worth pulling the Konami code out for. <laughs> If it was animated a little better, I might be into it, but now. Cool, cool. Okay, well, I didn't even know it had all these Easter eggs. Um, And you thought Jill's outfit was bad. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, you know, I got to point out something. I did end up uh, stopping the game uh, within the mall and restarting it um, because the puzzle difficulty being easy, actually, I found to be harder to kind of figure out what you're supposed to do rather than um, when I had it on normal for some of those early puzzles. Don't ask me why. 
the Shakespeare books seem to stand out more. Uh, the need for bleach seemed to stand out more. I don't know. It's just, I saw more, I, I saw more of the puzzle elements, uh, easier, um, when I had the puzzle difficulty on normal. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, they all seemed equal, <laughs> except okay, well, hard, obviously not because in, uh, the Shakespeare puzzle, you actually have to have a knowledge of the Shakespeare work yeah. in order to understand the puzzle. So I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I mean, the first, I mean, easy and normal aren't bad, but beyond that, I wouldn't uh, recommend. Yeah, I can it. imagine hard is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and actually, this is the first game that uh, has difficulty levels beyond hard in the in the battle difficulty. If you go through the game on hard, then you'll get extreme mode, and then that goes all the way through extreme mode X. Extreme so you have mode one... X, is that like they look at you and you die? <laughs> I haven't played it, honestly. Okay. <laughs> it has one through nine and then X. Jesus! And after you beat X, then that's when you get the co- the code for the lightning god, but you can type it, they give you the code, but you can type it in from the website without actually earning it and still have the costume. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> Extreme mode X on fi- or on Silent Hill three equals no. Okay, well that tells me what I want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've I've never played the extreme mode honestly. So have you played I, this on hard though? I did once, and, but uh, I was going through for the uh, the UFO ending, which basically cuts oh, out yeah. the second half of the game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could oh yeah. The game basically ends when you get to Silent Hill. <laughs> the, it, I yeah, mean, the Silent game Hill. ends when you get to your apartment. Ah, nice. So you don't even have to go to Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll talk about those endings once we get to them, because honestly, aside from the, I believe I got the canonical ending, uh, there's three endings in this game, right? Yes. Okay. There's the normal ending, the possessed ending, and the revenge ending, a.k.a. the UFO ending. Okay, and I got the normal ending. Um, well, at least I believe so, because I don't recall anything, any possessions in my ending. So but you can only I mean, get the normal ending your first time through. Well, there you go. I think I think you're locked into it first time through. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, I say we get into it. Okay. Well, you start the game, and you are in the Lakeside Amusement Park, and you get to see everyone's favorite Robbie the Rabbit. <laughs> that thing creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> Which I think Robbie is only in three and four, uh, and he's and he's not even important in four. <laughs> he's just a cameo. Yeah, basically. Gotcha. He's all over the ground. You know, bodies obviously in the suits. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, so you go through, and you eventually get to the gift shop, and. Uh, my notes aren't very good. Okay, yeah, no problem. I mean, again, I got it a little fresh in my head from the beginning of this, but mm. I just remember uh, trying to fight some creatures, and uh, you, you're not supposed to be able to. Live, it felt like the you? opening to. It felt like the, remember the opening Sun Hill One when you kind of go through that alleyway the first time, and then you're kind of stuck, uh-huh. and then the only way the only way out of it is if you die. That's pretty much that's kind of what I took from the opening of Sun Hill Three that. You're yeah. just, because it kept kind of worse though because you're already stuck in this sort of horrible environment and there's two ways out of it really you either go through the entire section and you get run over by the train at the end or you can oh, just die really? and get away 
you can just get yeah. killed by a monster and you'll wake up anyway. <laughs> oh, nice. I just remember, yeah, the, one of the, like, there was a glitch or something and I got stuck in a corner. I'm like, okay, well, if this is the way you're going to do it, and I just kind of tossed the controller down, and then when I died, it, it continued, and I was like, oh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can either fall off the edge of one of the cliffs without railings, you can get killed by the monster, you can get up onto the roller coaster and have it run over you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the end of the tutorial section. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not really a tutorial, though, is it? They, just, they kind of put, throw you in the deep end. <laughs> I just pretend it's a tutorial because it, <laughs> it, it, there's no consequence. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, and we should point out, so the character is Heather Mason. Yes. And she is... Oh, but you don't know that, that she's Mason until... Yeah, you oh, don't know sorry, guys. until like halfway through the game. <laughs> oh, really? See, for some reason, I went into the game already knowing this. Maybe it was just common knowledge enough that... I mean, so... it, her name might be on the back of the case. I, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's just, it's just... I've got the back of the case just here, actually. What does it say? It just says, Heather is trapped alone and frightened in a deranged world of terror, filled with eerie noises, bloodstained <laughs> walls, and grotesque creatures lurking in the darkness. That sounds about right. Okay, well, we'll we'll keep it at that then. We can, yeah. When the big hairy reveal comes, uh, I believe that's in the apartment area, right? I mean, you get. I think you get a think note he... beforehand that talks about it, but yeah, that's the main reveal. That hey, that's Perry. Okay, and so and we'll we'll kind of discuss a little bit as the game goes a little more downhill. Uh, not downhill in terms of gameplay, quality. but I mean in terms of not the quality. Actually, I don't know. I kind of care. I, I thought it was pretty consistent across the board. No, but, I mean, not uh, down in terms of quality, but down is oh, in right. sort of like the tone and how depressing yeah. it gets. As you go down the rabbit hole, uh, <laughs> you kind of got to discuss some of the events of what happened in the first game. So, but uh, anyway. And you wake up in the diner. You then she calls Hera on the phone. Then Douglas Carter comes up and uh, saying, "I've been sent to find you. It's about your birth." <laughs> yes, <laughs> such a weird thing to say, to someone. <laughs> you know, like you do. Um, yeah, and his yeah, voice I, acting is shitty. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, he, it, like everybody else has fantastic voice acting, but Douglas is shit. I almost wonder if Douglas was because you know a lot of people talk about this. Um, Team Silent always had their American interns do the voice acting for the mm-hmm. uh, for the games, and I wonder if Douglas wasn't like some random developer, or some Janitor. some high up. No, I was thinking of like some high up at Konami who's like, I want to be in a game. So that uh, you go into a store. Sorry, guys, I'm getting some choppiness. Oh, I see why. Damn it! Sorry. Okay. Downloading stuff. Uh, no, no, no! I was getting some choppiness because uh, um, a website I forgot I had open, which had the uh, the porn costume, um, was still open and trying to load a video against my will. So sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, what I was going to say about the mall was I was struggling a bit in the mall. Is that normal? Like I wasn't struggling from difficulty. But I like <laughs> figuring out where the hangar was was a little bit of a bitch because I hadn't yeah. quite put it together with the flashlight, and so you can pass the hangar, and if you don't have the flashlight, even though you can kind of see it, you can't grab it. This last time through, I passed the flashlight, so I can't argue. <laughs> okay, whoo! And then uh, the bleach uh, puzzle, I had a, a hard or not the bleach puzzle. Um, when you had to combine those things, uh. The bleach and the detergent in the bucket. Yes. I did not figure that out for a long time. Uh, and it almost took me two hours to beat them all, and it kind of pissed me off. Uh, 
but it, it moves along steadily from that point. But, uh, you know, for the frustrations I had with the mall, damn, it was good at making you feel creeped the hell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, you run into the bathroom to hide from Douglas. You climb out the window. You go back into the building, and then that's when shit starts going down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you run from store to store. You've got all of the, uh, you got all the monsters coming after you. you. Get the weird puzzles with the coat hanger and the tongs and the dogs all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason, the tongs were real easy for me. I was like, I know what I need to do here. <laughs> yeah, I, that one wasn't a big deal. But I mean, it's just weird that you have to have tongs. It's like I could get all this stuff out, but I'd rather just use tongs that I yeah, have to find. <laughs> like you do. Um, it, it's silent hill that's what it does yeah <laughs> you do get a decent amount of weapons too right off the bat um yeah you find the gun after watching the monster eating the person you basically run through an entire clip and somehow you still have ammo <laughs> yeah yeah i saw that um although i didn't really need to use it i don't think i really killed much in this part I I kill everything, but that's just what I do. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. It I'm is, after my things. <laughs> well, at least we know it's a it's a completely, you know, it, it it is definitely a way you can handle this game. Um, now when you kill everything, I mean, is it bullet based or is it mostly you're 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 going to use melee? Uh, if melee is an option, I would say go for it. But I mean, this time through, every time you beat a Silent Hill game, you get a bullet count. Uh, multiplier and so mm-hmm. i so since this was my fifth time through the game i had plenty of ammo oh yeah i bet <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh but uh yeah again i didn't find uh it to be too difficult to avoid i mean you basically have what two main enemies you've got the dog guys and then the guys with the big ba- bashy giant. hands and you get the little weird bipedal like half tadpole frog things oh yeah those things but those were there were only like five of those <laughs> yeah and i think i killed all of them <laughs> yeah they're not difficult uh, so anyway then uh you know you get through you get go to the uh you get out basically into the main area and you have to fight this uh the split worm is what it's called <laughs> Bullworms. <laughs> yeah, um Yeah, I was not uh I was not a big fan of uh, uh of Mr. Splitworm. Um that I would advise not doing melee. To, yes. To <laughs> yes, he he he's he's not too easy with melee. Um he's pretty freaky too. Uh he he's quite, you know, we don't really talk about this. Um both these worms are pretty large. Um but yeah. he's got like I don't know. He's got like a hood <laughs> and he's got teeth and they're, they're kind of human teeth. Uh, he was freaky. Then basically after you defeat the the worm, the mall goes back to normal and Douglas comes up and tells you that he was hired by Claudia to find her. And he also noticed the other world change. Yes. The kind of hell world that you tend to see with, uh, I don't know if you'd call it other, or it, it is referred to it, as the other. It's world, referred to it? as the other world. Okay, yeah, gotcha. So, so she's like, okay, leave me alone. She goes down into the sewer, <laughs> well, the subway, whatever. Yeah, which uh, was directly influenced by Jacob's ladder, because that actually had a very good uh, 
the, the yeah the director actually explicitly states this was inspired by that movie yes yes uh and i know that they definitely talk about it uh pretty they cool. even have a uh, mention to bergen street mm-hmm and and to be to be clear you know some of the creepiest moments of jacob's ladder uh very much the uh the subway scenes yeah that's where you kind of learn the world's not quite right so fantastic movie for anyone who hasn't seen it yeah highly recommended mm. Needs to see that. And we will not spoil it for you. <laughs> Tim Robbins, amazing. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, basically, you're, you run through. Uh, you have to jump down on the tracks at one point to run toward the glowing red door. <laughs> and Because uh, that's basically the only thing you can do at that point. And then you hear the train whistle coming. Of course. And I, and I even said it out loud. I was like, yep, I saw that coming. <laughs> And so then you have to basically run back to the platform and dogs appear on the tracks for you mm-hmm. to attack you while you're trying to climb up the platform. Yeah, that was a really tense moment for me. Like, I was I was really like, Jesus. Like, I, uh, I just remember being like, stop throwing things in my way. <laughs> like, uh, and just, just trying to get up there. Um, and, of course, I got up, but... Uh, but it was, again, it was... I mean, you don't even know you get up until the cutscene that shows that you got up. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Does it, Now, you just basically get to a certain point and it triggers the cutscene, right? Uh, I mean, you have to basically cl- start climbing onto the platform, I think. Okay, okay. You basically yeah, maybe the cutscene the triggers time. when you press the button. Yeah, okay, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> uh, so. Then you end up running through... Uh, then you get climb onto the subway, and the doors lock behind you, and you basically have to walk through a bunch of kill rooms mm-hmm. <laughs> with all the enemies. Eventually, when you get to the front, the doors open, and then you get to run around in the underpass slash sewer area. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hmm. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember this. This was a little later in my. Uh... Jacob's Ladder, is that film about a window clears apprentice? No, I don't think so. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I know what the movie's about, and I don't think that's it. (laughs) uh, I I think he's a war vet. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, in Jacob's Ladder, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, And that's about as much as we'll give you on that one. But, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting movie where you, very much like Silent Hill, you can't really tell what's real and and what's not, and you're trying to figure it out, and, you know, you kind of discover it with him. But, uh, anyway. Um, um, but, yeah, no, the sewers, I think, I beat really late one night. So, I don't remember too much beyond the train scene. I, like, I remember going through the endless kill rooms, you know, or kill boxes and, and things like that. But uh, I mean, basically, the only other noteworthy thing in the sewers is uh, when you get to that room with the... With the bridge and the water oh, on each yeah. side. I remember that one. Oh, yeah. And yeah, are you when... sure you want to cross? <laughs> <laughs> there and can't be anything there, right? T-Rex! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I, you, you, if you don't have, if you don't throw the hairdryer into the uh, <laughs> water and electrocute the monster in there, you will die trying to cross it. Yes. Like, it is a cut scene. You will die. You cannot fight it. <laughs> And I think I screamed a really loud expletive um, 
because it's just, quite jarring. I mean, uh, it gives, I think there's a save point in the room right before if you chose to use it. Yes, you do go just right back. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, like they almost intended you to, you know, if you're resourceful and used to Silent Hill games, you might be okay. But at the same time, they they didn't have a big problem with you becoming a victim. <laughs> in fact, but, yeah. I'm sure they preferred it. <laughs> It's worth mentioning then, about those save points, actually. Do you know, you know, you know, do you remember that the, every time Heather like touched a save point, you say, "Oh, it's hurting my head or something." Before you, it feels familiar, but I don't know from where that kind of That's thing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty good. It was interesting that actually sort of um, gave. It's the first one of those first survival horror games where they actually acknowledged the save point. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like a. Yeah, in the second one, like the first save point, he says something like, it's like, it's trying to reach into my head, but I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only acknowledgement. Then eventually you get out of there. uh, You end up in a construction site slash office building. Ah, yes. (laughs) With crumbled down floors, which I don't know why you want to go on those, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, you go, you have the filthy mattress, you have to push that through the hole and jump down. And apparently, I I never caught it, but at one point during this area, there is a body in a wall next to a silencer, which is a Metal Gear Solid reference. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I I don't think I found it, but it might not be. It might, yeah, I might need a Metal Gear save file or something to get that. I've I've never found it, but it's supposed to be in there. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, Konami owns both properties so they can do yes, that. Yes, they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that's pretty cool. And then you get the fun room with the mannequins. Oh yeah. Yeah, that gave me a condemned uh Criminal Origins flashback. Uh um, I was thinking that. Yeah. But of that. course, at the time if you had played it when it came out, that wouldn't be the case, but yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic area, honestly. I love that. <laughs> you, go, you go in, there's one mannequin with a head, you walk to the other side of the shelf, you hear a scream, you come back, she's decapitated, and there's blood all over the place. Yeah, there's there was a lot of cool stuff in this particular scenario. Like, this particular, I guess I call it level. Um, uh, yeah. Then you end up in a basically a... Uh, it's kind of like a showroom that you would get in like a store that sells home appliances then you turn on the bathtub nothing happens at first then it's uh streams blood out of there fills up the tub you pass out and you wake up in the other world again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and soon after is when you run into vincent for the first time (laughs) (laughs) who basically is the first indication like with line like what you're called now Basically implying that she's not originally Heather. Yeah. And this is when he first mentions uh, that uh, Claudia was brainwashed by Heather's mother, who they don't say who that is specifically. Right. And this is and uh, this is the first and she and he said, uh, "Harry didn't tell you about this, did he?" And this is the first instance that you get her father's name. Okay. Okay. And that's in reference to Harry Mason from the first game. Yes. And only if you'd played the first game would that really mean anything to you. <laughs> right, right. I guess this game doesn't necessarily need you to have played the first game, but 
I mean, it gives everything you basically everything you need in the notes later in the game, but that's kind of a big reveal if you have played the first one. Right, right. And you realize this is actually a sequel as opposed to the second game. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. You go through, you find like a soda, like a, you pick up a coin, you go to the soda machine, you find a key in a can for some reason. <laughs> yep. Uh, you, you have to climb through an <clears throat> elevator using a rope. Uh, I think you have to open it up with a jack. All kinds of. Yeah, or, there was lots of this stuff where it would kind of bog me down a little bit, um, yeah. but not in a bad way. I wasn't annoyed because uh, it had this really cool, creepy atmosphere, but there was a lot of, you know, use this to do this. And again, this is kind of where I felt Jam was talking about where he's like, you know, if you used to kind of how it works in <laughs> Silent Hill 2, you'll be fine. But because uh, you are just kind of piecing it together. So uh, then you run through. Eventually you get to a. Uh, basically a child's picture book that looks like it's drawn by a child. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a weird ass fairy tale where this priestess dies and a God was revived and the priestess defeats the monster. And it ends with the phrase to ergo ego eris, however you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. And the monster died and everyone became happy. <laughs> <laughs> and so then she basically reads it out loud and the monster that's blocking the exit from the apartment or the, construction site is gone and she can leave Mm -hmm. and that's when she goes back to her apartment to find that harry is dead yeah and i you know to be honest with you i was surprised there wasn't a more i was waiting when she read that that uh that tale and had the monster disappear i was like okay what are they going to do to me now uh and it was kind of surprising but but cool too yeah it it was anticlimactic it really yeah, was <laughs> but uh but it was kind of cool where i'm like okay we're moving forward in the plot and then yeah you find out that harry's dead and so here's your halfway point through the game and this is where you get the ufo ending if you've met the requirements <laughs> okay do we want to talk about it now or should we talk about it once we're done with this uh, you tell me because i don't actually know what the endings are the okay I'll, we can just go into it uh basically Throughout, after you beat the game for the first time, when you start the game up again in a new game plus, Heather, with, and when she isn't equipped with a weapon, will have basically the save symbols kind of rotating around her head at the axis, and mm. she shoots beams from her head. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Called the, called the Heather Beam. And when you equip yeah. the, uh, the Princess Heart cost, costume, then the beams cha- are more powerful and it's Sexy Beam. <laughs> nice. And basically between the beginning of the game and through the and up to the apartment, uh if you kill thirty enemies using either the Heather Beam or the Sexy Beam, then you'll get the UFO ending. Uh-huh. And basically she walks into the house, she's like, Dad, I'm home. There's an alien sitting there next to Harry. And I think it's really I think it's the alien who's talking because it's a very distorted voice. That's saying, you know, hey, what happened? Heather goes through and explains it. And the alien's like, I can't believe that. I'm going to Silent Hill to bust some heads. <laughs> and in the background, you see James, uh, James from the second game, picking uh-huh. a board in half that Harry's holding. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's, like, he's hiding behind the curtains earlier, and then he's kicking a board in half. And Cheryl's like, oh, Dad, you're the coolest. And then uh, it goes over to, then you, and all of this is in a, Anime is kind of an anime style, but it's not as well animated. Uh huh. 
And uh, basically, then it goes over to Silent Hill. You see an onslaught of UFOs coming in, and they shoot down basically lasers from the bottom, completely decimating the town. <laughs> I'm gonna have to and look this, this up. And this, and then it goes into the Silent Hill song, which it's ridiculous. You really just have to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> they didn't translate it for the English release, which I'm glad, but they do have subtitles. <laughs> nice. And I'll just say you just have to listen to it. It's it's amazing. Uh, now I know what <laughs> I'll be doing after this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, and, and just to point it out, Voss, uh, we've got about 10 minutes to go through the rest of the game. Um, yeah. Which is going to slow us down, or which is going to mean we're going to have to rush through a little bit. But the plot's pretty... It gets crazy, but the plot's pretty straightforward as well. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, basically, you get into the basically back on track of the story you're in the you go to the apartment harry's dead claudia's uh is that in the is at the top of the building she's like hey i sent this monster to go kill your father i'm trying to fill you with hate come to silent hill then she leaves Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then you end up fighting a monster that has like these two blades on his arms yep not a terribly difficult boss if you're good at dodging (laughs) Yeah, no, he wasn't bad, but he he looked kind of freaky. Yeah. Then uh, kill the monster. You go back st- downstairs. You basically put Harry in his bed, cover him with the sheets, mourn over him, obviously, because that he was basically her world. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Douglas comes in and basically said, or I don't know if he comes in or if you meet him outside, but basically, uh, I'm going to take you to Silent Hill. We'll get all this straightened out. <laughs> right. So you end up, you go to Silent Hill, which is very stripped down from what you would see in the first two games. Yeah. You only get like half the town to explore. Mm. Uh, you're in. Let's see. Then you go to a hotel. Then you just run out to the hospital. The good old hospital. I knew we were going to end up there. There's always a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> They have to have an excuse for the nurse monsters. Yep, yep. And I, I kind of like them being there every time, even though they're <laughs> creepy as hell. <laughs> they don't really, in most of the games, they, they don't really have a reason to be there, but they're, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fan exactly. service, there you go. <laughs> Where you find multiple notes from a guy named Stanley Coleman, who mm-hmm. is obsessed with Heather. He's completely creepily in love with her. And uh, has been obsessed with her since she's existed, basically. Uh, and this is when you first start to get hints of uh, Leonard Wolf, who you later find out is Claudia's father. Uh, and well, real quick, so um, I'm trying to remember who is Claudia in this grand scheme. Claudia is the the woman who had uh, Harry killed, and she is the one who's who had uh, Douglas track down Heather. She's the one right. who's the hell bent on getting their demon god born through Heather's. Womb. So she's kind of the occult leader, right? She, yeah. Okay. There's a cult in this, in case you know people haven't caught on to this. And in the first game, you know Harry's daughter uh, who escapes, uh, yeah, um, kind of gives birth to. Um, is this a spoiler at this point? Gives birth to Heather? Well, uh, basically after the demon god exorcism fail, or the demon god birth fails, then 
uh, she basically is reincarnated as Heather. Right. Okay. And that's what Harry has raised in the last 16, 17 years. Yes. Okay. Anyway, back uh, to speed. <laughs> <laughs> then you go through, you get to deal a lot more with uh, Stanley and his creepy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> at one point, uh, you get to the locker with the phone call. Where, where that's uh, the happy birthday phone call. <laughs> Yes. Which is like happy 24th birthday, happy 32nd birthday or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, it, it, it's, it's creepy as hell, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very <laughs> disturbing, uh, phone call. <laughs> and it, it goes perfectly with, uh, you know, like I said, the, the hospital was kind of like my most comfortable area. Uh, Stanley's real creepy. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and kind of seeing the, uh, the changes in Leonard too, but, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it felt a little more, dare I say it, like comfortable for the Silent Hill player. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's a familiar area yeah. in a sense. Yes. So uh, you get the phone call from Leonard who says that who is when he tells you that this I'm Claudia's father. She's a basically a shitty child and she's always trying to run away from her responsibilities. And uh, do you plan to kill her? I was going to forg- forgive her, but, you know, now I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point, you end up in a room with nothing but a mirror, where you see your reflection, and eventually, like the darkness starts creeping in up on the room, and until the room is completely engulfed in the darkness, and Heather is too, and she stops following you around, like she stops mirroring your movements. That's the only time you can leave. Gotcha. After she stops mirroring your movements. <laughs> I just, I just remember just being like, what the hell? <laughs> but. Uh, eventually you get down into the basement of the area and you find Leonard and he is not as human as you were expecting. <laughs> not at all. Uh, basically you kill him and you get the, you get a seal of Metatron, mm-hmm. which is important later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, you, then you leave there. You go to the uh, apartment or the hotel. There's Vincent. Uh, then basically, very little happens. Uh, then you go into the there's your lakeside amusement park. And as soon as you walk in, that's when the uh, controller starts vibrating. You know, the baby's kicking. <laughs> yes, and uh, the amusement park was definitely the coolest and creepiest uh, area for me in the game. Uh, so, man, I shouldn't have gotten in depth earlier, but uh, oh, it's all good, man. Then, uh, what we can do is we can jump offline real quick if we need a couple more minutes to finish it up, um, so as not to rush it. But uh, we'll do the best we can. Uh, I mean, you run through, uh, you basically go back into onto the roller coaster again. This time, you get to shut it off. So mm-hmm. that way, when you're running through, you don't actually get hit by the roller coaster. It still comes on after you, but you don't get hit by it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see, then, uh, this is when you run into Douglas and Claudia. Mm-hmm. Douglas is injured. He's broken his leg. He's up against the wall. Claudia runs off. Uh, and this is when he talks about his, how his son died when he went up. His son robbed a bank when he when the family was poor, 
And Douglas points a gun at Heather, thinking, okay, if I kill you, this is going to end this nightmare. Mm. But he doesn't go through with it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yeah, of course not. And uh, a little bit after is when you find uh, Harry's notepad from the first game, basically a save point. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, kind of the first time that he mentions Cheryl and how Heather is the reincarnation and has feelings. I think it's at this point where he can, where he was considering just killing Heather and being done with it, mm-hmm. because you know, just a, because obviously the cult is going to keep coming after him if Heather's alive. Right. Right. Uh, then you get onto the carousel, and that's when you fight the memory of Alessa, mm-hmm. which is basically evil Heather who comes after you with a knife and then a pipe and then a gun. <laughs> Yeah, and you have to kill her okay. each time. I'll uh, be right there. Then this is when you get into the church. Where yes. Basically the oh, ending no. of the game. Yep, yep. And uh, and so, all right, well, and? <laughs> uh, you get into the confessional, and you see a woman who wants to see her child uh, to be forgiven for wanting to get revenge. Uh at this point, if you forgive her, then this that uh, heavily affects what the getting the possessed ending. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that uh, taking two thousand points of damage and killing a hundred enemies will get you the possessed ending. Aha. Uh-huh. Where's the bad uh, ending? Yes, that is the bad ending. <laughs> okay. Uh, but now I see. I forgave her. I. It does, like, you still have to meet the other two requirements. Okay. I think. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Uh, let's see, then uh, Vincent talks to you in the library. Claudia is mad. They worship the same God, but birth in the God is too unpredictable, so he'd rather <laughs> the God not be born. Right. And so he's kind of on your side, even though he still worships the demon God. Mm-hmm. And he's still a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still yeah uh, you eventually end up in Alessa's hospital room like a recreation of it uh, and she's developing and she's remembering basically her time as Alessa which yeah. she's not really the reincarnation she's just the good reincarnation of the good part of Alessa's soul it's all very complicated yeah, there's uh, plenty of wikis out there <laughs> if you need to discern it. But yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, but it makes it makes enough sense in in the context of the game. Uh, you know, you run through, and uh, that's when you have to fight Claudia. Or well, you get to Claudia. She and Vincent have it out. She shoots Vincent. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you're basically stuck there. The baby's kicking. You're on the floor. You get up. And that's when you uh, get into the pendant that ha- Harry had you carry around at all times. Yep. You open it up. That's where the uh, something that starts with an A. Uh, it's like the medicine from the first game. You mm-hmm. basically swallow that. You bur- you uh, vomit up the demon god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the holy shit moment for me. That was amazing. <laughs> you vomit up the demon god. And Claudia's like, no, this god must be born. And she eats it. Yes, she does. Yep. <laughs> he eats the afterbirth. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so then she basically explodes in a sense. The flooring uh, crumbles. Then down on the floor, you see Claudia dead. 
and Heather's pissed because she wanted to kill her. Mm-hmm. And uh, then final boss, which was a pain in the ass, honestly. Yes, like, the demon fire guy. Fire all yeah. over the place, mm-hmm. swinging his arms. It, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, you kill the boss, then that, then she leaves, she, and the endings both start the same way. She goes back up to uh, Douglas. She's kind of lurching around, kind of possessed, like, withholding a knife, and she's like, I have to finish you off. And if you get the good ending, she's like, ha, huh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she didn't mind. <clears throat> And uh, Douglas, like, you scared the shit out of me. Uh, are you going to face, basically, what are you going to do now? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm probably going to keep my hair blonde because don't you think they have more fun? And, there you, and that's the end of the good ending. <laughs> nice and cheesy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then the bad ending, she stabs him and walks off possessed. Yep. That's, <laughs> nice. It, that's basically it. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Um, so, okay. Well, we unfortunately have to wrap this up, but, uh, Voss five, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Um, and, uh, and, and thank you very much for your insights with silent Hill. And we look, we look forward to having you on, on future episodes of the, uh, the silent evil series as we continue. I can do plenty of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do want to point out that uh, real quick before we cut out and we'll let VGO take over. This is horror month. So we are going to be doing horror themes every single week, starting with next week, which our topic is going to be the ghosts and goblins slash ghouls and ghosts series. So that's going to be uh, what we're going to be discussing next week. And remember that fatal frame two is our game club. So we are going to be doing that. What? Project, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Project I'm, I'm just being a dick. So. Uh, butterfly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but either way, yes. Uh, uh, so be sure to pick that up. It is available on PSN. You can get it in disc form on PS2 um, and play through that. You still have another month because we're doing them bi-monthly. And uh, we will soon be uh, revealing, in fact, we may do it even as early as next week, what the, uh, this, uh, the October, or sorry, the November, December is. I've gotten your... Your many requests across the board, and I know what uh, I think we're going to do, so I just need to run it by jam. But until next week, um, you can find us at GamingHistory101.com. Uh, I am at SpidersVenom, S-P-Y-D-E-R-S-V-E-N-O-M. Jam Elias is at J-A-M-A-L-A-I-S. Voss5 has no Twitter, so if you want to find him, go over to the Easy Mode Unlocked uh, forums and uh, join in the conversation. So until next week, this is Fred saying happy gaming and... Peace out.